The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to Scissoring Isn't a Thing, everyone. Right, Liz? Back? I'm right about this? Yes? Yes, you're right. You're right. Okay, good. Very excited about our next guest. I'm going to just a... Just a little bio for you here. (laughs) Michaela Mullaney Strauss, known by her stage name, King Princess, so I I, I hopefully I can call you King today, is an American singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist from Brooklyn, New York. King Princess released her debut studio album, Cheap Queen, on October 25th, 2019, so almost two years to the day we get her, and signed uh, by, is it Zelig? Is that how you pronounce it? Zelig? Zelig. Zelig. Zelig Records, an imprint of Columbia Records, Welcome to Scissoring Isn't a Thing, King Princess. Hello. <laughs> Should we call you like full on King Princess throughout the, like what is the best? Yeah, what are your friends like, calling you? Not we that we're do? assuming we're friends. We're just, I just uh, want to know. KP is like a good, I, I've kind of, I was so happy when I came out with my music and people started calling me KP. I was like, I've always wanted a fun nickname. <laughs> So I'm KP and my friends call me, my friends call me KP or Mickey, which I think is cute. I always kind of wanted to be a Mickey and no one, it did not catch on in high school. (laughs) No one was in. That's very cute. Yeah. That is cute. I think Mickey's cute name, but KP, I did say when you came out of the zoo I said KP's in the house. So I feel like. That's what we're going to stick with, Liz, if you're yeah. Karen, you knew it. You knew it. And I, outside, now that we've got the name down, we do ask all of our guests how they identify, what pronouns we should use. I know Darren said she, I did Google, and your Wikipedia does actually list what pronouns Wikipedia says that you use, but please tell yes. us if we're wrong. But yeah, if you don't mind, we would appreciate it. You can call me whatever. Like, honestly, <laughs> I am I am. A- <laughs> amorphous gender being you can call me she they he it I don't care it's really love it that's kind of how I roll with it like I'm kind of I'm a gender queer person but I I don't really mind I don't really mind what you I I like to not be referred to I just prefer to be not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just don't okay, talk fair. to kp ever don't reference don't do anything yeah. i don't want to i don't want to be perceived please okay <laughs> no i'm kidding you don't want to be seen you don't want to be heard you don't want to be you know uh, affirmed or anything right no. you don't want any of no. that stuff <laughs> please no thanks <laughs> well you say you're gender queer would you how would you describe yourself sexually would you describe yourself queer gay Sis, what would you say? Oh, you didn't know I've been in a 12-year monogamous relationship with a man? That would be a plot twist. I'm fully kidding. No, I just say I'm gay. Like, I don't, you know, I, although I, my gender stuff is always kind of in flux since I was little, I, I only had gay relationships, whatever that means, you know, under the queer gay relationships. I've kind of like, I, I just find even even though I'm kind of in flux, my relationships are always gay. So I'm like, I however, love that. However you want to take gay as they're pretty fucking gay, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a standard we can work with here on scissoring isn't a thing. Yeah. That's a yeah, standard feel, we can work with. I like well, it. you know, you're a New Yorker. 
by definition, that makes you cool. You're a musician. Also, by definition, that makes you cool. And so I, I wanted, you have kind of an interesting family kind of background. There's some royal going on there and some cool uh, stuff there. I know that you sort of always have flirted with the idea of maybe not being like one specific gender, but in terms of you being gay, how did you come out? Did you come out? Or was that was that always a topic of conversation? Did you ever feel scared? Walk us through that. Well, I think what's funny is I actually was thinking a lot. Of, I've been like definitely on the shroom microdose thing. Love it. Yes. yes. Love all about Into that. It. Okay. Into yeah. it. Great. I've, I've obviously, I've been thinking a lot more about like my childhood. And one of the things I kind of like came to realize was like, I fully like knew I wasn't a woman before I knew that I was gay. So as a child, I kind of would have like crushes on girls, but I didn't perceive myself as at that being anything but standard because I was like, well, I'm not a woman. So what's the issue? You know, children, however, were not feeling that. So I think I kind of put that back inside for like many years because I think I was just like, whoa, there's like too much shit going on here for me to even begin to unpack like my queerness, my gender, I think I was just like, like sucked it back up. My doo-doo, I was like, no thanks. And then I kind of, when I was in like, started, I guess, going through puberty, it was like, you know, whatever it was, hormonal or like just started like having, you know, you have sort of having feelings for people. And I was like, oh, I'm gay as fuck. Like, what am I going to do? Like, at that point, I was like, I, we're going to really backseat this gender thing because I'm gay as a fucking flagpole. What am I going to do? And (laughs) I started like having feelings for girls and I was like, oh shit. But it was pretty obvious that I was gay. I mean, I got to high school and was like, I'm straight. And the boys were like, no, you're not. Like, stop trying to suck <laughs> You don't want it. You're gay. Like, they were like, come out. Come out. They weren't nice about it, but they were they were right. Also, wow. I'm, you know, we've talked about this many times. God, sucking dick. Don't miss that. You know what I mean? I don't even think I personally have to like even. She doesn't have- even know what. Yeah. My wife literally is laughing at the table. She's like dying. I'm just saying I don't. It was like such a thing. Where, at least for me, I was like, God, I hope I never do this again. And guess what? I don't ever have to. It's well, great. luckily, it's- I was so bad at it. And I've said this before. I was so bad at it that it was people were like, please stop. Stop. So was, <laughs> I, I had a barrier of protection in that I was so terrible that, like, the the boys were like, no, Thank you. Like, and I, I deeply, <laughs> I deeply feel that. That, I deeply helpful. Feel that. that was really helpful. But I think when I really came out, um, I, I was just, I just started to like, I guess it was like art and music and like movies and television. I was just like everything that I relate to that makes me feel satiated. That makes me feel like I am like a part of something bigger than myself is gay. So in one way or the other. So I like, I, I just, there wasn't really any option for hiding it. Obviously my family was very chill. Like my mom is like a really hot straight lady though, which is funny. Cause like we're very similar except for she like hates puss and I like hate dick. And it's like this like hilarious, like we're two ends of the same spectrum. And she's like this hot, like milfy lady. So it was, but we didn't really have any issues overall. I mean, it was hard to not know I was gay and that I was not a woman. There was, the signs were pointing towards that since birth. 
Well, I'm actually curious because you said like you never, you didn't even know when you were younger. I'm assuming this is like before puberty, maybe not. But like, it's like, yeah, you liked women, but that wasn't necessarily in your mind being like, oh, I'm gay. It was just like, oh, I like women. Like people like women. Were there like signals or like, I'm just wondering how you found out that you might not identify as a woman or didn't identify with it. Were were, like, was society like pushing you to it or something? No, I think I said it straight up. Like when I was a little kid, like I remember, I think one of my first like cognizant thoughts as a person was like, please don't call me she. And as a child, I think that was like something like there just weren't, there wasn't terminology for being in between. Do you know what I mean? Like there wasn't any like way to like, there was, there just wasn't, it didn't exist. You couldn't, you couldn't down with like a, you know, your school counselor or your parents and be like, I exist in the in-between of genders. And like, I don't conform. Like that just didn't exist. So like verbally, obviously it existed. The the personhood of that has existed since the dawn of time. It's just that I didn't have the tools. So I just think there was like a clusterfuck of shit going on where I was like, in one way, I think my body doesn't necessarily reflect my spirit. And in another way, I'm gay. And that's on that's on period. So I knew that. I just didn't know that it was an okay, necessarily acceptable or normal to be gay because I didn't even identify as a woman. So in my mind, I was like, well, what's the problem? That's how I remember it. And with all these shrooms, it's really helping me bring it back. <laughs> I mean, listen, KP, the shro- the microdosing shroom life is I'm about it. something that Darren and I are I'm about. about. It's interesting. We recently had uh, Jen Winston on the show and they went to a workshop. And in the workshop, they were asked... Like, when did you first feel like a woman? And what does that mean to you? And it was like all these interesting constructs, right? It was like, I feel like a woman when I put on makeup, which now it's like, really? Like, what is that though? You know, or or is that really f- more feeling feminine as opposed to like what actually yeah. makes up a woman? And it's really interesting to hear you say, like, I was attracted to women and I knew that that was gay versus like, or a gay, maybe it's culture feeling as opposed to you identifying as what a woman to a child would be. I don't know if I, maybe I just took shrooms. Well, it's just I don't like know you I need a microdose. It's just, yeah, I, I have some uh, yeah. in the freezer. It's just kind of arbitrary to like, I think at this point in history to be like, there's one way to feel like a woman or there's one yeah. way to feel like a man, yeah. one way to feel gay. Like there just really isn't like, it's, you know, we, we, we oftentimes are pissed about how straight people put us in boxes and like, and then we do it to ourselves. And it's like, yes, and it's yes. Not, well, we're all trained by the world and the norms of the world to want to categorize ourselves because that's what people have done to us. It's a tough thing to do to go. It's there's not one right way to be gay. There's not one right way to be a woman. There's not one right way to be a man. There's not one right way to be in between. And it's really not anyone's fucking business. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of where I'm because I just think it's frustrating when you see queer people being like, well, this isn't right. Well, the way you're talking about this isn't right. And it's like, well, what is right? There is no right. No, you're, you're not to, for lack of a better term, you are right because there is so much like queer policing, like even within our community that sometimes and Liz and I, like we feel like we have, even as two, out very out queer women who fucking host a show called scissoring isn't a thing i feel like we double down sometimes and like are we getting this right are we doing this like we get dm'd all the time like no this is not the bisexual experience and liz is like 
well, I'm bisexual and this is my experience. So like, what the fuck do you want me to say? You said KP in an interview on W Magazine. I really like this quote. You said, quote, I like being a woman sometimes. I would say 49%, which I thought was very specific. 49% of the time I love my titties, but I'm not fully a woman. I'm somebody who falls center on the gender spectrum and it changes day to day. It's not just in me. It's just not in me to decide. And I think that, do you still feel that way? Is it 49%? Were you just saying some arbitrary number or have you kind of broken it down mathematically or anything like that? That's a really funny quote. I'm sure my media trainer did not love that quote. <laughs> I'm sure they did not. Wow, those media trainers. Ugh, probably my chick is iconic. My chick is actually legendary because she like fully was just like, bitch, people like these, you got to get these straights somehow. And this is like, <laughs> this is a tough set. <laughs> straights by your records too, you know? Straights by your records too. She's like, sure. she's like, this is a tough sell, bitch. No, I, but I really... um no, I, I think that the, the important part of that quote is that it's not really in me to choose. And I think that here's the thing is I find myself, I love womanhood. I find myself an observer to womanhood more often yes. than not. What, you know, it's like whatever that means, like the whatever us as queer people cling to about that, like experience is really interesting because it's almost like drag personified or kind of like the, the ultimate joke that is femininity, which is that it, it is like a put on thing. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's hilarious. Like it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's not where I was born or exist in like on a day-to-day basis, but I take something from it because it does inspire me. Like there, you know, every time that I feel like I get into like drag in some capacity or like, or I'm in a shoot where I'm in a gown and there's glam and there's my eyebrows are, are glued down and there's, there is a power to it because it's, you know, it feels like you're not just like playing a character, but you're tapping into a part of yourself that's very real. And I think most people feel like that when they, when they get into that, it's almost like wearing armor. And I, I appreciate that. And I have a lot of fun with that. Do I wake up going, wow, you know what I'd love today? Put on a gown and go out of the house. No, that's so weird because I actually wake up every day. That's a Liz day, feeling, not and a I do or say feeling. that. <laughs> I'm like, I would love. Well, to Liz, wear you're way a gown. more femme, femme, femme than I would be. I'm not into that. You know what? It's funny though. I I really resonate with this idea of like putting on armor or like tapping into different. We're so layered, and I think you also said KP earlier. Like we have different language now, right? Than we did when we were growing up, and we have different and more language and I think it's true like when you when I sit down and I like do my makeup I'm like tapping into a part of me you know me I don't wear makeup every day but like when I do I like I love the the whole ritualistic aspect of it I like that I can use different glitters or colors or change and like tap into different even elements of myself even though I do present and identify pretty femme so I like that kind of idea of having the armor we want to tell you about our all year round favorite beverage it's crisp it's dry it's refreshing wine in a can and all five flavors have zero sugar and only three carbs and 100 calories per serving they have rosé sauve blanc pinot gris pinot noir and a sparkling white and rosé wine My personal favorite is the Blanc, but I'm also loving the Noir right now. We love Bev as a perfect addition to any activity. Brunch, a day in the park, hanging out on the slopes, or catching up with friends we haven't seen in a year. 
there is literally always a good time for Bev. So for our beautiful Scissoring Isn't a Thing listeners, we've worked out two exclusive deals. Receive 20% off your first purchase plus free shipping on all orders. And for our LA friends, use the code SCISSORING at the Rosé Garden for 20% off your first round. Mm-hmm. We definitely recommend trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack for all of their refreshing varietals. Go to drinkbev.com slash scissoring or use the code scissoring at checkout. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash scissoring. I want to switch gears a little bit to like music and you growing up. Um, I know Darren pretty much only likes to speak to New Yorkers. So good thing that we've got that one covered. Um, same, same. We're same, same. New yeah, Yorkers yeah. Just get no, no, I get it. Are you so from I'm in New York? She's, yeah, I'm from New York and Liz is California. Ooh. I know. So I know, KP. We'll, okay, we'll shit talk her after. We'll shit talk so, her So question though, because I was on a very reputable source called Wikipedia looking you up. <laughs> And it said there that when you were 11 years old, you got approached for a record deal. Is that true? No, that's not true. What happened was, this is why I hate fucking shit. It's so annoying. It's with this like <laughs> blue thing. It's so annoying. Not you, but just in general, these I, these people <laughs> put shit in my Wikipedia. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? Um, no, when I was- It was not me. I did not add that in your Wikipedia. I just you, read it. You did. And I saw you. No, I'm kidding. Um, I- <laughs> I was when I I started singing background vocals in my dad's studio for people because it was kind of like a fun like pony like dog and pony show because I was a really like competent singer as a child and I could like you know I I was I'd watched people be in the studio my whole life so I was like okay well I'm good at this and I would come in and you know if somebody sucked at background vocals or like Maybe like some, sh- you know, the singers they brought in were trash or or maybe they were really good and like they just needed somebody to fill in a crowd. I would come in and sing. And so I was in the studio all the time. And I don't know, one thing led to the, to the other. And this this A&R person from Columbia did like come to me because I was supposed to like play um, an animated character that they were like doing a uh, like series of records with at Columbia. So I was going to be the voice of this animated character. So they approached me for it. Now it fell through and it never happened and whatever. But I was like taking meetings that, you know, most small children wouldn't be taking. So I did do that. And I kind of got my dick wet a little bit and like, you know, met. And I, I again, this didn't happen because like my dad was like, oh columbia records i got something for you like you know it was like literally like somebody came into organic i was sitting there and they were like oh like who's this little like you know gay lord who wants to sing and be a musician (laughs) i right place right time situation then from there i kind of like it kept up these communication i was very like ballsy as a kid and i was like get me in you know writing rooms i want to write with people i want to make music i don't want to make music at my house, I want to go out and traverse the city. And I kind of started doing that. Like I started like traveling around the city, meeting like strange men at their houses and like whatever, and like making music. Oh, good, KP. As yeah. city kids good. do. 
That's such well, a city. It's just such a city kid thing. It's such a New York thing. Right. So I was doing that and I spent most of like my adolescence like working in studios. Like and just that was what I wanted to do for fun. Like that's or in my spare time. And I felt like it was towards a goal, which was that I don't want to sign when I'm underage. I want to be ready. My parents were extremely supportive. We kind of all had this unspoken rule that it's like it's gonna happen when it's gonna happen and we're not pushing anything. Yeah. Like we're not, wow, not walking around like show mom with the with the kid on the leash. Like we're doing like do your thing, put in the hours. It was a real like 10,000 hours thing. And then when I felt ready, I like, you know, met my managers and I was like, all right, let's fucking do this shit. Because I'm I am not going to four years of college. <laughs> that is a nightmare. I heard that. Yeah, seriously. What was your first concert that you saw? Maybe something at Terminal 5. I think I saw... I think I saw Ian Anderson from Jethro Tall at City Winery. That's, wow. All right. That's a pull, KP. That's a that's pull. A, I'm a big Jethro Tall fan. I like the flute and I like the I like the mystical. I like the Dungeons and Dragons thing. So I was like into that. I also saw Robert Plant and Allison Krauss at Radio City. Uh, Dude, Allison Krauss is one of my favorite artists of all time. Like, yeah, I, I had some good first shows. I think I saw one of my first ones was Matt and Kim at Terminal 5 because my dad did all their record or some of their records. And I like really. I think I saw that show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Actually, this is strange, but I did. Act, was that like five, six years ago? No, that was a while ago. 15, eight years ago, 15, 15 plus 15. years ago. Yeah, it was like I was Am gonna say I, more than 10. I'm tripping, okay, you're I oldest. saw them at Terminal 5. No, now I have my dates wrong, probably 10 years ago. Love that they put on such a good, like, they do, they are such a great that's such a great show. I had some good show experiences. Luckily, like, the one kind of thing that was always cool is that, like, if a band came and worked at the studio, then we get tickets, so that was that that's was tight. I was definitely like not the type, I, I still to this day not a huge fan of seeing music you have to really really get like there has to be somebody iconic like i saw erica badu at the bowl and that was the best show i've ever seen in my life i was there that was the best show i've ever seen i was there and i had horrible seats it was actually our anniversary and i dragged my wife and i said what an anniversary gift every single song like lyric song riff yeah that's somebody i've seen that was an amazing show yes wait why don't you like seeing live music yeah uh, are you critiquing it too much or you just don't like it my brain just doesn't allow me to like enjoy listening to music live or recorded like i kind of am in, I'm in that weird like i think maybe it's a like an ocd thing like that i, I just like it's not in, it's not relaxing it's just like it's all like I, you're too close to it. Well, my brain is just on. So I'm like, it's just like it's an it's like it's like exercising. Like and I feel like I have to be like ready to do that. Like it's hard for me like if there's music on in my house, like I can't like have a conversation with someone and like my because my, you're like tuning. My girlfriend thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. Like, you know, like she she was like, put on some music and I'm like, I don't know what I don't have anything to play. Like I don't really listen to music. And she's like like I do for reference and I do when I'm working and I do, you know, but I sure. like, I don't know what to, I don't know what I want to listen to. And she thought it was the weirdest shit ever. And I was, and then I saw her watching a movie. She's a director. And she's like, I can't watch that right now. It's going to put me in the wrong headspace. And I'm like, there you go, bitch. Like, that's what it is. It, it, it right. when it's work, it doesn't feel as, um, it doesn't feel like meditative or like relaxing. It just feels like 
there's like ones and zeros, like math equations going on in my head while I'm like listening. And I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. So you're definitely not listening to music while trying to book. Is it hard? Yeah. <laughs> is it hard to listen to yourself when you're listening to the tracks or whatever no. you're creating or no. So you can like critique yourself and you can listen to yourself and be like, okay, I can do this because a lot of people don't like watching themselves on television or listening to their own podcast. Listen, I talked to thousands of people like that, but you don't mind that. That's not like a weird tick for you or anything. Well, I'm definitely not going to listen to this podcast, but I'm definitely, I would definitely, I listen to all my music for sure. A lot. Thanks KP. Thanks a lot. No, well, that's I, thanks, right. KP. I'm on it. It's like I'm not. We gonna like it. Self talk, you know. That's not cute. I don't. I'm not gonna listen myself talk, but I am gonna listen. I do listen to my music over and over again when I'm making it because I, I, I like. I'm really like. I have to like figure out what's wrong when something's wrong. like. I I need to like listen like 400 times to be like this isn't hitting right or like. So that's that's a little different for me, but that's work. Got it. Okay. I found out when I told my friend Leah McSweeney that we were interviewing you that well, you guys are homies. Keys. Yeah, she like was very excited for us. I, very excited about that. I, uh, I am um I'm very well versed. In reality. Yeah. So what like are you watching you right you, now? Yeah, what are you yeah. liking? What do you like? Um I what I just finished obviously the fourth part of the reunion because of course because do you believe erica do you believe erica jane <laughs> my love i think there may be a difference between believing and standing yes there's a okay, huge and difference you, and you stan but don't believe i i i do not believe her at all i no. do however i do however um i have been to an erica jane concert Okay. Oh, oh so you so, don't listen to music, but you did go and see um I'm expensive. <laughs> I saw yeah, I have never felt so well at a show in my life. Actually, it was funny because me and my best friend Jack went to an Erica Jane show and we got to the door and I was somebody had put me on the list. It was like a long shot thing. Like I didn't even know how to approach getting tickets to an Erica Jane concert. It was like at some place in the hilarious KP. And I was like place, yes. I was like, I like hit up like one of my friends who was a celebrity and I was like, hi, like, do you know how to get tickets to this? And she was like, oh yeah, you're on the list. I put you on. I was like, okay, Ty, we got there and I got to the door and I was like, hey, I was probably high. I was like drunk and I was like, hi, like my name is Michaela. I think I'm on the list for uh, Miss Jane's concert. And they're like, (laughs) and they're like, like oh no we know who you are king princess you can come in and i was like oh shit i forgot we're in weho they know who i am here they so definitely I, know you in weho they, they brought me in we got to like the vip and immediately i realized that they're filming the episode there which is like i mean come on like this is a huge of deal course. from jack for our television debut we're gonna get in this uh episode so we positioned ourselves in every shot that they were taking like in in the background like we like we're like oh there's a new shot okay get in the background so we like every shot we tried to strategically put ourselves in um and then the trailer for the season came out because they were this is before the season had come out it's like three seasons ago and um it was jack sent it to me goes bitch and i was like oh fuck we're in it okay good oh my god and i watched it and of course i'm not in it but there's an image of jack where it's it's like they're on the balcony and it's literally like Rinna, Dorit, 
Kyle, Mauricio, Teddy, and then Jack. And it just looks like the girls, like the girls. <laughs> and I That's was how like, it always happens. I was like sobbing tears of joy for him. Like this is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to us. Mission accomplished, honestly. So yeah. back to Erica. Do you like, I, no, I don't. Do you like Sutton? Do you, you don't like, do, you I don't love, believe her, but do you like Sutton? I love okay. Sutton. I love I Sutton. Love, Sutton is good TV. She's great TV. And what do you think about Crystal? I'm warming up to Crystal for sure. I mean, like, I actually really loved her. Like, here's the thing. I like crazy. Like, if you're like a level-headed person, like, you're not going to make my top 10. Like, so you love Sonia Morgan. Sonia Morgan is the woman of my dreams. Yes. I concur. Wait, are you watching Salt Lake? I am catching up as we speak. Actually, it's on my computer right okay, now because you're gonna fucking listen, die KP, for it KP well I'm, for i have to tell you uh, this week's episode my was bomb. I mean, my wife doesn't watch any of this shit but we were like oh my god this is one of the yeah. best episodes of housewives i've ever seen okay ever meredith marks is hot Wait, can no, I she's ask so a question? Wait, Do she's we agree so hot. Family. However, my family. I have I actually have one question, and maybe Darren, you have an opinion on this. Are but so you're you're catching up, KP, but have you watched like any of the episodes from this season? I have. Like I here's the thing is I got really in like very, very entranced by Beverly Hills because for I felt yeah. like the last couple years I was like, okay, like it's just the the, the drama felt like it was like there was one there was like, she wasn't invited to the dinner. And then it was like eight episodes of the same fight. And I was just like, I can't, like, I need there to be like- And the threesome thing. I was like, who cares? Well, that I love because I was like, I was like, first of all, she obviously fucked Brandy. Like that is iconic. Like- Wait, also KP, Brandy came on our show. And, and was confirmed. Like, and yes. confirmed. Yes, they yes. 100%. No, she sex. said, I mean, yeah. she literally said, I sucked on her clit. I'm like, perfect. <laughs> yeah. like, more info on that video please I I love I love that plot but like everything else was just like okay and that was the season Leah's first season at the same time as that so I was like this is I was like this is what I'm looking for I want every episode screaming physical altercation and then I want making up in like a gorgeous moment of like of like crazy women being like kind to each other like that's what I want so I was really missing that but then this season with the with the Erica I was just like I mean the car, the car rolling the twelve hours. It just never stops. It never they're like, stops. is it winter in LA? Like we're confused. Why is it snowing? Has it ever snowed in LA? Like there was a lot of that. Obviously, so, definitely never snowed. I right. pulled up a topographical map of LA County after that episode stop. to figure out stop. the highest mountain peak and where exactly that could have occurred. And it's like he either lives near San Diego, like in the like in the mountainous region. I'm dead. Or like, I mean, or I don't even know where like it it doesn't make any sense. But that being said, I stand. Um, Would you see Luann's cabaret show? I would absolutely see Luann's cabaret show. I would be front row at I would be playing jazz based at Luann's cabaret show if asked may I please come put in that that request and Darren go ahead and put that in the put that in the request bucket I would do I would do a lot here's the thing about Luann that me and my friend I'm always bringing up Jack Jack and Jack and I this is our like this is our this is our creme de la creme so 
Luana's had the most impressive story arc of maybe any housewife in the history. Agreed. Agreed. She started like you watched from season one because I rewatched from season one this this past year. Oh wow! The narrative island again. Yes. Okay. I mean, you did everything. Go to sleep. I mean, literally, like so many good moments. <laughs> and for her to do this, I mean, complete. It's insane that the story arc is being made into a film. I'm of all the housewives, you think Luann has the most impressive of Roni or of of housewives? I think as far as story arc over the sea, she's been there every fucking year. You have to think about it like that. Yeah. Like the actual character evolution and physical evolution of that woman is insane to me. It should be studied. Fair. The only person I think would be a runner up to that is Teresa. Teresa too, but like, did you really not see that arrest coming? Like I did. Fair, fair. No, I did. I mean, you're right. The Luann, like, and I mean, you're right. And we've, I also like love account. I love anything tied to any kind of royal family or like but she's not title. A no, I know a title. Yeah, she's not. No, I know. She's, but she's it was not like, anymore. Not that's anymore. what I'm saying. She joined the show yeah. as a faux countess. It's true. And then made so her make web. a good point. Like, I mean, please watch the whole thing from season one with Luann in mind. I mean, Sonia's technically not a Morgan anymore. And yet she holds on to that. Sonia is tight. Everything, though. Sonia is everything. She is. And I genuinely love her. Are you watching all of The Housewives or no? I, the ones that I am behind on. I used to watch Atlanta religiously. I stopped watching it. I got really into Potomac, but then I stopped and I have to get back into it because again, I was so, when this Erica shit came out, I was like, I dropped everything. I mean, I postponed music making to to make sure that I could really be on top Dead. of this. Um, it's commitment. Yeah, no, but I, I, I need to get back into Potomac and I need to, because it's incredible. It is probably the best. I, I think Salt Lake and Potomac are really... Like, Salt those Lake are my two so faves. Those are my two good. faves. Salt Lake right now. Also, this Jen Shaw arrest situation. Love. The real also, house. The real house. Oh, the <laughs> it's crazy. Also, like Jenny, who's new, her trash ass husband, who's like trying to force her into like polygamy. I really is well, very good. I, I love it because that's a cultural thing. And he was saying in, in, in their culture. I know, Darren. It's okay. So it's not like, maybe it's trash for us, but it's not like, tr he's not like a bad guy. I feel like it's a cultural. He's a doctor. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a chiropractor. That's a doctor of sorts. That's a doctor with air quotes around it, right? Is that what that is? A doctor? Fair, fair. Liz, you go to an acupuncturist. Actually, you better, you better, you better for, believe I do. If it weren't for a uh, chiropractor, I wouldn't have been able to do watch what happens live because I literally, this is funny. I, my girlfriend was taking a flight out of New York to go film something. And she woke me up at like 5am and she was like, baby, um, could you zip my suitcase? And I was like, um, why? God, my girlfriends always ask us to do this. Well, I was like, why? Her reasoning was iconic. She, I was like, why do you need me to do this? It's 5 a.m. And she goes, I like it better when you do it. You do it the best. And I said, I don't think that's Which, No, because as a girl who likes girls, like that's the ultimate excuse. You can't say no to that. When it's like, but your food tastes better on your plate. It's like, all right, now I got to give you my fucking food now. Right. So I get up and I'm like, all right, I guess. And I like, I'm obviously like drinking a ton and out of shape. And I like, 
zip it and like lift it and just destroy my back. Like I've never done this in my life. I'm 22 years old. I was like, how did this happen? I could not walk. I was like, what the fuck happened to me? Terrible. And I went to a chiropractor the day of watch Watch what happens live. And he cracked my shit in half. Like he was just like, I'm about to crack every bone in your fucking body. And I was like, all right, do it daddy. And he did it. And I could walk. (laughs) Well, thank God, because you were great on Watch It Happens Live. I got to say, you were great. I was so you were bad back. I'm, I'm here for that. I feel like, Darren, we should play Scissor Me This. What do you I think? I think we should. This one's a good Scissor Me This for you, KP. This one, I feel like we have some good, we have some good ones that, that might make you think. That might make you think. So we're calling this Scissor Me This, which coast is the best coast? Okay, because you spend a lot of time. Well, I mean, we know that, KP, but like, Give Liz, throw Liz a bone here. Let her think that maybe California has something going for itself. The East Let's Coast just better. I mean, I agree. I'm sorry, it's Liz. the West Coast and the Best Coast. Sorry, Liz. I but we're going to give you. First of all, y'all forget that I went to the new school. I lived in New York. I live. But you don't live here now. Life. But you don't live here now. Sorry. So we're going to give you two things and you're going to tell one is iconic East Coast. One is iconic West Coast. You just have to say which one is better. Okay. Liz, tee it up. Okay. Classic slice or a very good taco? Slice. Okay. B- bone broth or green juice? Bone broth. <laughs> it's my girl right here. I fucking love this person. Statue of Liberty or the Hollywood sign? Neither. They're both trash. Okay. West Village or the east side of L.A.? Oh, West Village. Is that even a fucking question? <laughs> Subway or bird scooter? Subway. It's where all the fun shit happens. Santa Monica Pier or Coney Island? Ugh, neither. I hate sand. <laughs> I hate sand. I won't go near sand. Like a Spoken like a true New Yorker. Okay. <sighs> sushi in New York or sushi in L.A.? Like, which one's going to kill you faster with all the protesting <laughs> or it tastes better? Sushi in L.A. tastes better. Okay, L.A. LA has one point. L.A. has one point. New yeah. York is now, we're not undefeated. Okay, fine. And literally, Liz wrote in the question, this is a trick question because there's no better sushi than L.A. So you have I literally this. wrote that in the doc. I was like, let's yeah. see what she says. Okay, there's go ahead. sushi in Hawaii. I'll just say oh. Okay, well, fair. No, that is true, actually. True statement. Okay. These last two were, could be tough for you. The Real Housewives of New York or The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Well, you can only watch well, one. For- here's the problem. That's a tough one right now with the current state of New York. Take them as the entirety. The entirety of Beverly Hills and the entirety of The Real Housewives of New York. If you had to rewatch one of them for the rest of your life and couldn't watch the other, what would it be? New York. Okay. I like the New, York, dr- New Yorksman. I like how f- they're fucked up. Uh, they're they're drunk. Like that's a huge part of it for me. Like I don't Beverly Hills. Maybe there's like a couple of glasses of wine. Like New York it's is so like, precious. They're it's so precious. The scene where Beverly Hills. Sonia is from the, from two seasons ago, where Sonia is at uh, Ramona's birthday party and she gets up on the mirrored like the mirrored tray. <laughs> And shoot it in the heels and just stops. Stops it. Deadpan. That is performance art. That is your girlfriend, KP. That is your new wife. That is your future wife. Okay. 
Last one. This could be difficult. Go ahead, Liz. The tourists in New York or the tourists in L.A.? Oh, God. (laughs) By tourists, you mean people from New Jersey and Long Island? Like Darren? Oh! Hey, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Darren, I'm Darren loves to claim New York until you. Okay, born and raised. Okay, KP, you're bridge and tunnel. B and T. You're the wow. Girl. So <laughs> she is. I'm worse only than time, an LA Only tourist. time I hear Darren rep Montclair, New Jersey, is when someone is from Montclair on the show, or if we talk to anyone from New Jersey Housewives. You're then all Montclair? of a sudden, Darren is like, yes. "I'm from Montclair. I'm from Montclair." KP, is this a good thing or a bad thing? She's laughing at me. Oh, she's silent. Oh, the rich girls are from baby. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, Liz. Yeah, Liz. All right. Although Liz is from like. Tiburon or some shit like that and was yeah, a debutante so so it's she's true. got rich I was a de- I was a debutante it's you can google it it's terrible so Jersey um, tourists are worse than LA tourists is that what you're saying KP no I want I'm, an official I'm, answer before we let you go nothing is worse than Los Angeles I'm so sorry it's just like I it's just I love my house I love my friends I love partying here it's not my city I live here I'm here right now <sighs> Oh, you are in LA. Yeah, I live here. <laughs> That's what I thought. I just not, okay. it's just not my like, um, it's just like I, when I think about like my life and like when I have like 1400 gorgeous children, like where we're going mm. to raise them, like I don't think LA. Like, and I don't, you know, I think about like, you know, where I feel the most kind of uncomfortable but like sure of myself and that's new york it's it pushes you it's just a city that pushes you i don't feel very pushed here um walking around like you know like i I, but i do i do really love that like i have a recording studio in my house that we rent because you can afford it and like because like it's just more realistic to live here like new york is ridiculous right now yeah no it's fair well, I'm happy to get mediocre sushi that I think is actually great in LA with you anytime. When Darren or fly to Hawaii, us, KP. I'm happy to, we'll fly to fly to Hawaii or BB and T girls and go over to Jersey. Happy to be bridge and tunnel with KP. That's you want all some I'll say. sushi? Yeah, no, that's good like, shit. What? That's for the strong-willed. Okay, that's for the brave. Talk about being uncomfortable. If you want to be pushed. Eat some Jersey sushi, people. That will push you out of your comfort zone in two seconds. Uh, King Princess, where can people find you, listen to you, Instagram? Where where, where can they all find your shit? I know you don't like to be affirmed or seen, but if they want to affirm or see you. I'll send all your listeners a flash drive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, A CD in the mail. (laughs) I'll send you a a great cassette. Um, no, I'm on Spotify, iTunes, I don't know, wherever, Apple Music, what is it? We don't call it iTunes anymore. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, I don't know, everywhere that you can find music I'm at. So, uh, I just finished my record, so hopefully you're going to be hearing new music, uh, this coming year. We can't wait to listen to it. it. Well, you have really been a dream. And, um, I just thank you. We, we loved having you and you can... Find Darren at Carpe Darren on Instagram. I'm Listen to Liz on Instagram. And our podcast is at SIAT Podcast. Thank you, KP. Thank you so much for your time. You're the best. Bye. 
Scissoring Isn't a Thing is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at SIAT Podcast. See you next Tuesday.